Brilliant. Well, Happy New Year again, as Alex said. Uh, really, really uh, great to see you. The beginning of a new year full of expectation and excitement about what the Lord has for us uh, at the start of this new year. Just to say, we're going to start a new preaching series next week, uh, looking at the book of Esther. Uh, I'm really excited. I think it's really pertinent and timely. So we're going to start that series next Sunday, the 9th of January. So you don't want to miss that. Come as we look and as we preach through the book of Esther. Uh, let me just ask you a little question uh, before we go to today's passage and today's message. I wonder where are some of the different places that you have spent New Year? I was thinking uh, yesterday, where are some of the places in my life have I spent New Year's Eve? I've spent it in the heat and humidity of Mumbai in India. Uh, I've spent it on the top of a mountain in the freezing cold in Switzerland. Uh, a beach in Cornwall. As an 18-year-old, Fifth Avenue nightclub in Ilford, but the less said about that, the better. Um, a farm in the Cotswolds. A church hall. And last year, I don't know about you, but last year, New Year's Eve was spent on Zoom. Uh, today, we're going to look at a chapter in the life of David that happened at a place called Ziklag. And we're going to look there at some wisdom and some grace that I believe we'll find there in the passage for each of us at the start of 2022. If you've got a Bible, you'll want to turn to 1 Samuel and chapter 30, and we're going to go through the whole passage. Just to say that David, just to give you the background, David has already been anointed as king. He has been anointed by the prophet Samuel as king of Israel, but he's not yet king. He's been evading capture by Saul. King Saul has been trying to kill him, and he's been evading capture. And the events we read in 1 Samuel 30 happen just before King Saul dies, right at the end of 1 Samuel uh, chapter 31, I think it is that King Saul, yes, King Saul dies. So these events happen just before King Saul dies. And then in 2 Samuel, David becomes king. So if you've got a Bible, uh, the, the actual the scripture is also up on the screen. We're going to read the first five verses. We're going to look here at some wisdom and grace for 2022. Now, when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, the Amalekites had made a raid against the Negev and against Ziklag. They had overcome Ziklag and burnt it with fire. They'd taken captive of the women and all who were in Ziklag, both small and great. They killed no one, but carried them all off and went on their way. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire, and their wives and sons and daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. David's two wives had also been taken captive, Ahinahar of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David was greatly distressed, 
For the people spoke of stoning him, because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. The first piece of wisdom which we're going to take from these first five verses is that suffering reveals who we are in Christ. To give you the context of what's just happened, what we just read, the Amalekites have attacked Ziklag. They burnt it to the ground while David was away. They've taken all of the wives and children away. All the possessions, the wives and the children of the city of Ziklag have been taken away by the Malachites. You can just picture it, can't you, in verse 3. When, when David and the men approached, they would have seen smoke rising from the city. No one came out to greet them. They would expect, as the army of men returned, they would have expected the women and children to run out to see them. But no women, no children, just smoke. Pillows of smoke. And they lifted their voices and wept. They wept at the loss of their wives, their children, their possessions. They spoke also of stoning David. They actually blamed David. If you read the chapter before, David had a really bad idea, which was to go to the Philistines and see if the Philistines would kind of, kind of meet with David and go into cahoots with David. It was a bad idea from the outset. So you could argue that it was just David's fault because while we were away from Ziklag going to the Philistines, the Amalekites came, took our wives and children, and burned the place to the ground. David literally lost everything, materially and relationally. He was blamed by his friends. He was blamed by the soldiers. I want to give you a bit of wisdom for 2022. Suffering really does reveal who we really truly are in Christ. It strips everything away to reveal what really matters. That's my testimony. Many of you will know this, but it's relevant and fits here. I grew up in a Christian home, became a Christian at the age of 13, was baptized shortly after, grew up in a wonderful Christian home. I went to India when I was 19. And what God did when I was in India was strip away everything else that I had in the UK. He took away the good GCSEs and A-levels that I had, they didn't mean a jot in India. My good health and decent amount of money that my parents had that was able to finance this and that and whatever I wanted, that didn't matter or mean a jot in India. And then I became really seriously ill. You have your health taken away from you. What is it that really matters? When things are stripped away, when things are taken away, what is it? that you hold on to? What is it that is your rock and foundation? You see, suffering reveals the truth about who we truly are, where we have built our rock and foundation. And all of us are either in a period of personal suffering and trials, we've just come out of a period of suffering and trials, or we're about to go into a period of suffering and trials. In the year ahead, for each of us, there will be different types of suffering and trials that we will all face. Proverbs 17 and verse 3 says, A crucible for silver and a furnace for gold, the Lord tests the heart. 
There'll be trials and suffering as a result of our own foolishness. There'll be trials and suffering as a result of the sins of others onto us that impact our lives. And there'll be trials and sufferings that are just a result of living in a fallen world, just a result of unforeseen circumstances. But I want you and I want to give you some wisdom to see the trials and sufferings that you will face in 2022 as revealing the truth about who you really are in Christ, about revealing what really matters, about revealing where you are building your foundations. Because when suffering and trials come, things are taken away and you realize what lasts, what stands the test of time, who you are in Christ, your relationship with God, the truth that does not change through the good times and the bad. So the first bit of wisdom from Ziklag is that suffering reveals who you are in Christ. Because look at what David does next in the second half of verse 6. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. David found strength in the Lord. I want you to, to see this. This is so important. Didn't, David didn't wait for someone else to strengthen him. He didn't even wait and say, okay, Lord, I'll wait here for you to strengthen me. No, David was active. David knew that the Lord's strength was there for him, he knew that those who wait on the Lord will be strength. So he went and proactively went after God to strengthen himself in the Lord. This suffering and trial, Ziklag burnt to the ground, his wives and children taken away. What was David's response in the fire, in the furnace, in the crucible? His response was to strengthen himself in the Lord. But you say, well, what does that look like, Mark? What does it mean to strengthen yourself in the Lord? Let me help you. Let me give you some handles on this. To strengthen yourself in the Lord is to remember God's love for you. It's to remember that first and foremost, you are loved by God. That your life is not about what you do or what you accomplish, but about God's love for you. David had messed up. As I said in the chapter before, he had gone to the Philistines. It kind of was his fault that the Amalekites had seized the opportunity and come and burned Ziklag to the ground. But he then did something to resolve the issue, to resolve the problem. He went and strengthened himself in the Lord. He went and reminded himself that God loves me. God is for me. For you and I, when sufferings and trials come, as they will do this year, when the furnace is turned up hot, I want you to strengthen yourself in the Lord by reminding yourself that God loves you, that God is for you, that he sent his only son to die on the cross for you. But it's more than that. It's also reaffirming, strengthen yourself in the Lord. It's also reaffirming God's calling and the promises of God over your life. Remember, David had been anointed to be the king of Israel. God had called him to be the next king of Israel. And, and David, when he strengthened himself in the Lord, would have been reminding himself 
of, of the promises of God, of the prophetic words that have been spoken over him. He'd have also reminded himself that God was for him. For you and I, we need to strengthen ourselves every day by reminding ourselves of what you're called to do. And this is both specific and general. We're all called to be salt and light. We're all called to, to live lives that shine like bright stars in a crooked and depraved generation. That's a calling on our lives as Christians. And then many of us will have specific callings, maybe to a business, maybe to using our talents or, or gifting or whatever it may be. We have specific callings and then we have a general calling. So we strengthen ourselves in the Lord when we remind ourselves and we reaffirm God's calling on our life. We're also to recall God's past deliverances and miracles. I am sure that David, when he strengthened himself in the Lord, would have reminded himself of the story of what happened in his life of David and Goliath. He would have reminded himself that as a little boy, he defeated the giant Goliath with a single stone. For you and I, we're to strengthen ourselves in the Lord when we remind ourselves of God's deliverance in our lives of issues and things in the past, of miracles, of times when God stepped in and, and, and sorted out a situation that seemed impossible. We're to go back to our journal where we write things down and say, yes, it happened. I remind myself, I recall the instance where God delivered me from my enemies, where God gave me a job where it seemed impossible, where God came through for me with my visa when it seemed like there was no way through, where God came through with my, for my son, for my daughter, when it seemed like there'd be no space for them at the particular school we wanted them to go to. Remind yourself of God's deliverance. Remind yourself of God's miracles. That's what you're doing when you're strengthening yourself in the Lord. That's what you're doing. And we're to also regularly speak the identity of Christ over our lives. I tell you what, one of the best things you can do when you wake up in the morning, before you look at your phone, before you go to TV, before you go to anything else, is to remind yourself of your identity in Christ. As you wake up, I am a child of the Most High. I am a son of light and not of darkness. I am more than conquerors through Christ who lives and dwells in me. You can just Google kind of identity in Christ scriptures and get a print out a whole load of them and just read them out and remind yourself of that truth. And then lastly, to strengthen yourself in the Lord, I would say you need to raise your hands in worship. David was a worshiper. It's one of the great things about him. He wrote majority of the Psalms. He was a worshiper. He found strength in worship. Time and time again, I tell you, when you are feeling down, when you are in a time of trial or suffering, one of the best things you can do is to worship, is, is, to, is to turn your gaze to heaven, is to raise your hands and worship. So corporate times of worship are incredibly beautiful. Your own times of worship in the car, when you go for a walk with your headphones on, whatever it may be, but raising your hands in worship, raising your gaze in worship 
It strengthens you. It strengthens you for the fight. It strengthens you for tomorrow. It strengthens you for the trials and the sufferings that you may be experiencing. So in 2022, my wisdom to you is strengthen yourself in the Lord. Remember God's love. Reaffirm God's calling and the promises of God. Recall God's deliverance. Recall the miracles. Regularly speak out the identity of Christ over your day and over who you are and raise your hands in worship. That's what strengthening yourself in the Lord looks like. And just one last little aside here. I I believe in, in, in 2022, the Lord wants us to teach us corporately and individually how to fight with our sword, which is God's word. How to fight the lies of the enemy, the lies of the world, the lies that we tell ourselves with God's word. To fight the lies with truth. To counteract the lie with the truth. That the lie that says that you are worthless and you are nothing. To counter it with the truth that you are a son, a daughter of the King Most High. And God is for you and not against you. And wants you to prosper and wants to bless you more than you can imagine. To fight and counter with God's truth. So listen, I'm not going to get into New Year's resolutions today, but I tell you, one of the best things that you could resolve to do is some way, shape, or form, make it a priority to read God's Word. Whether it be just one verse a day, whether it be go through one of the Bible in a Year apps, whether it be just to memorize one scripture a week, whatever it may be, to fight with the sword that God has given to us. Okay, let's carry on in our story from Ziklag. So the first piece of wisdom is that suffering and trials will come. They will reveal the identity about who we are in Christ. We are though to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Let's then read what happened next. And David then said to Abathar the priest, the son of Amimelech, bring me the ephod. So Abathar brought the ephod to David, and David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue after the Amalekites? Shall I overtake them? God answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake, and you shall surely rescue. So David set out, and the 600 men who were with him, and they came to a brook, the brook of Besor, where those who were left behind stayed. But David pursued he and 400 men. 200 stayed behind, who were too exhausted to cross the brook Besor. A third piece of wisdom for the start of 2022 is to seek the Lord. You see, now that David had been strengthened in the Lord, what's the first thing he does? He seeks God. He asks God what to do. Just as a little aside, an ephod, if you're wondering what the ephod is, it was a special apron that the priests would wear to cover their clothing when they did all the blood and all the guts of the sacrifices in the Old Testament. It was like, yeah, it was like a protective apron. And God asks 
sorry, God asks, David asks, should he pursue the Amalekites? That's his question. Should I go after the Amalekites? And God says, yes, go and pursue the Amalekites. Go and rescue what is yours. And David is obedient. He immediately goes, he drops everything and goes after the Amalekites. My piece of wisdom to you today is this, at the start of 2022. Seek the Lord in everything. Ask God about the big decisions and about the small decisions. Ask God about the obvious decisions and the kind of impossible, shall I, shante steps of faith. Because in a way, you think, well, isn't it obvious that David should go after the Amalekites? Isn't that an obvious thing to do? But David inquires of the Lord because he wants to know that he is going to do what God has called him to do. He wants to know that he is on course with God's plan for his life and God's plan for the Israelites. So listen, every single one of you, whatever your plans may be for 2022, can I encourage you to bring them to the Lord? Even if you are continuing in your same job, even if you are continuing with your same business, even if you are continuing to be at school or to study or whatever it may be, bring your plans to the Lord. Let bringing your plans to the Lord be the first thing you do and not the last thing that you do. And when we bring our plans to the Lord, we are then to obey them. We are then to do what God has called us to do. You see, there's no question in David's mind. Once he seeks the Lord, he then obeys. He then acts. And let 2022 be the year not only that we seek the Lord, but that we act on what God has called us to do. That we seek God and then do what God challenges us to do. Now listen, we will come back to the 200 men who stayed behind. We'll come back to them. But one little point here. It must have been discouraging for David, mustn't it? He hears from God. He says to his 600 army, come on, we're going to go and get the Amalekites. They come to his little brook and 200 of them say, nah, David, we're too exhausted. We can't go, mate. It's going to be too difficult. We can't go to the battle. It's too much. And they sit down and they don't go with him. It must have been discouraging. But David pressed on. When we act upon what God has called us to do, there will be discouragements. But we are to press on. I could tell you story after story after story about the life of Hope Church over the last 12 years, where God has called us to do something, we've obeyed and done it, and then immediately a discouragement is hit us. Immediately there's been a challenge. But you press on into all that God has for us. You press on knowing that the best thing to do is to follow the obedient way that God has paved out for you. So the wisdom from Zigao here is seek God and act in 2022. Okay, let's find out what happens next. They found an Egyptian in the open country. And they brought him to David. This is verses 11 to 15. 
And they gave this man bread to eat, and he ate it. They gave him water to drink. And they gave him a piece of cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit revived. For he had not eaten bread or drunk water for three days and three nights. And David said to him, to whom do you belong? And where are you from? He said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalekite. And my master left me behind because I fell sick three days ago. We had made a raid against Negev of the Cherethians and against that which belongs to Judah and against the Negev of Caleb. And we burned Ziklag with fire. And David said to him, will you take me down to this band? And he said, swear to me by God that you will not kill me or deliver me into the hands of my master. And I will take you down to this band. The fourth piece of wisdom from this passage for the start of 2022, serve the one. David and his men pursue the Amalekites. They're off to get the Amalekites and they come across this Egyptian man collapsed in the wilderness. Now, it would have been the easiest thing to just ignore him and press on. It would be the easiest thing to say, well, he's just a nobody. We've got a much greater mission that God has called us to, which is to defeat the Amalekites and get back our wives and our children. But David showed this man immense kindness. He gave him bread. He gave him water. He showed a caring interest. Where are you from? He asks. And then in verse 15, David then has this unexpected blessing that the Egyptian will then guide him to the camp and show him exactly where the Amalekites are. Let me say this year, 2022, God has called us individually and corporately as a church to be a people who give grace and peace to the one. To the one. To the last, the lost and the least. There was nothing of significance on the surface about this Egyptian. Nothing. He was like the man on the side of the road in the parable of the Good Samaritan. Why would you bother? Why would you spend time with him? He was a nobody, a nothing, not worth a second glance. But David gave him food. David gave him water. David cared for him and showed an interest in him. As a church and as Christians, we are called to reach the one. We are called to prioritize the unloved. We're, we're called to, to go to the people that no one else will go to. We chose to put people before the program. That's what David was doing. He was putting a person before a program, before a plan. And that's what we are called to do. And I believe in 2022, God's challenge to us, again, both individually and corporately, is to serve the one. And here's what happens when we do that. When we do that, there's unexpected and untold blessings. 
I believe in this beautiful venue that God has given us. I believe that there's going to be opportunities to serve the one. To serve not the multitudes, but the one. And as we serve the one, who knows what doors and opportunities God will open up. Again, David didn't know the significance of caring for this Egyptian man that he met on the side of the road until later, until he showed him love, until he fed him, until he'd given him a drink, until he cared for him. Only later then did the revelation come. Oh, you know what? I can show you where the Amalekites are. You know what? I can actually show you how to defeat them. I can lead you to them. Blessings come in all kinds of shapes and sizes when we serve the one. That's what we're called to do. It's the parable of the Good Samaritan. It's what Jesus did throughout his ministry. He would stop the crowds and look, who touched my cloak? He, he would go out of his way to, to, who's calling my name? Who needs healing? Blind Bartimaeus, who said, who spoke up? He would go to the one. He would always prioritize the person over the program, over the crowds, over the plan. That's the wisdom we have here. It's the wisdom that I want you to take for 2022. So I've given you four pieces of wisdom. Now I'm going to close with two pieces of God's grace from the remainder of the story. Let's read verses 16 to 20. And when he had taken him down, behold, they were, this is the Amalekites, they were spread abroad over the land, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. And David struck them down from twilight until the evening of the next day. And not a man of them escaped, except 400 young men who mounted camels and fled. David recovered all that the Amalekites had taken. And David rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing. Whether small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that had been taken, David brought everything back. David also captured all the flocks and herds and the people, drove the livestock before him and said, this is David's spoil. David caught, David and his troops caught the Amalekites in the midst of a party. They were basically in the midst of a victory celebration. But he struck them down in the middle of their victory. And verse 18 to 19, we read there that, that David recovered everything. Every single thing that was his wives, sons, daughters, possessions, everything was recovered. Not a job had been destroyed or was not recovered. The whole story in 1 Samuel 30 is about the work of God and the grace of God. It was the grace of God who handed this victory to David and his troops. David didn't do a thing. It was all the grace of God. At the start of 2022, let me tell you that everything that you have is through the grace of God. 
I love the acronym about grace, which is God's riches at Christ's expense. You see, we receive as believers, as Christians. We are recipients of God's riches and God's grace. Everything that you need and everything that you inherit will be because of God's grace. David strengthened himself in God. David inquired of the Lord and was obedient. David cared for the one, but God did everything else. God provided victory on a platter. You see, there's a challenge for 2022. The challenge is there. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Seek the Lord. Serve the one. Know that in suffering, it reveals who we are in Christ. There's the challenge for each one of us. But the pressure is off because after the challenge, everything is over to God's grace. It's all over to him. You see, what the enemy tried to rob from David, what the enemy tried to rob from you in 2021, God will restore. God restores. He's in the business of restoring what has been broken, what has been taken away from us. God blesses us with abundance that we cannot imagine that we don't deserve. God gives us exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. It is all God's grace. I tell you, when you realize that we are recipients of God's grace, it keeps us humble. It stops us getting full of pride. It stops us being all macho or whatever about our lives or about our holiness because we are reminded yet again that it is all God. That is all his grace. And it keeps us expectant, knowing that it all comes from him, knowing that he is the one who gives us. He is the one who blesses us. He is the one who, who works out the victory for us. And he is the one who does abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. It's God's grace. It's God's beautiful, wonderful, amazing grace. But there's more. Let's finish by reading verses 21 to 25. Then David came to the 200 men who had been too exhausted to follow David and who had been left at the brook of Bessor. And they went out to meet David and to meet the people who were with him. And when David came near to the people, he greeted them. Then all the wicked and worthless fellows among the men who had gone with David said, Look, because they did not go with us, we will not give them any of the spoil that we have recovered, except that each man may lead away his wife and children and then depart. But David said, You shall not do so, my brothers. With what the Lord has given us, he has preserved us and given into our hand the band that came against us. Who would listen to you in this matter? For as his share is who goes down into the battle, so shall his share who stays by the baggage. They shall share alike. 
And he made it a statue and a rule for Israel from that day forward to this day. The final point from today's message is the glorious grace of God. Not just the grace of God, but the glorious grace of God. Because David returned to Ziklag, or he returned to the brook. He returned to where the 200 men were who were too exhausted to follow David in the pursuit of the Amalekites. And some wicked men, in verse 22, amongst David's 400, said, and you can imagine them saying it, Oi, these guys didn't come with us. These guys, they didn't fight. They didn't do anything. They didn't put themselves in the way of danger. So fine, we'll give them back their wives, give them back their children, but they're not having any of the possessions. They're not having any of the spoils of victory. They didn't fight, so they don't deserve it. But David says in verse 23, the Lord has given us victory. They all get a share of the spoils. They all get a blessing from what God has done. And I want to make a really important point here. You see, God's grace, God's glorious grace, is not just for the bold and the courageous. It's not just for the obedient Christians and the bold Christians and and, and the courageous kind of we're going to take on the world Christians. God's grace is there for those of us that are afraid. Those of us that are a bit despondent. Those of us who say, I have little faith. I'm scared. I'm struggling. Those of us who who, who think we're insignificant, who who, who think we have no purpose or, or part of God's plan. You know what? God's grace is for everyone. It's the glorious grace of God. Jesus makes a similar point when he tells the parable of the vineyard, the workers in the vineyard in Matthew 20 verses 1 to 16. It's a story when, when different workers come at different times of the day to work in the vineyard, and Jesus pays them all the same. Jesus says that my grace, my blessing, is there for you all. God's grace is so glorious, is so rich, is so beautiful, that it covers all our inadequacies. It covers all of our struggles, and it blesses every single one of us who believes. And this year, some of you will be in David's 400. You'll be there fighting away, wanting to take ground. Some of you will be exhausted at the beginning of this year, and you're by the brook, and you're just about hanging in there, but you just you just can't be part of the fight. You just can't be part of the taking ground. You're just exhausted and you're hanging in there. Well, let me tell you, God's glorious grace is for everybody. It's for all people. Whether you are down in the dump, struggling at the, just at your wit's end, or you're ready to take on the world at the beginning of 2022, God's grace is glorious and precious and beautiful and for all of you, every single one of you. There is no exceptions to God's grace. No one misses out in God's grace. God's grace is there for all who believe. You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross and rose again. God's grace is for you. Exhausted or on the battlefront, God's grace is there for you. 
hope that there's been something for you to take from Ziklag, from this place in history and the story of David just before he becomes king. Ziklag gives us wisdom and grace for 2022. Remember these four pieces of wisdom, suffering in the year ahead, trials, difficulties, which will come, will reveal who we are in Christ. It will strip away the rubbish and it will reveal our foundations, who we are in Christ. We are to strengthen ourselves in the Lord, in the trials, in the suffering, in the difficulties, in the ups and downs of everyday life. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. That's what David did. He strengthened himself in the Lord. You think these great Bible characters who who do these incredible things, they need to do the hard yards, strengthening himself in the Lord. That's what David did. Strengthen yourself. Recall the truth of miracles in your past. Recall and remember that God loves you, your identity in Christ. Raise your hands in worship. Read your Bible. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. And then seek the Lord. Seek the Lord, every one of us. Seek the Lord, not just for the big decisions. Seek the Lord for the seemingly obvious decisions. Lord, should I do X? Should I do Y? Should I continue in my current path? Seek the Lord. It's what David did. It was quite an obvious decision, but he sought the Lord, and then he went, and he obeyed, and he did what he called him to do. And then serve the one, the Egyptian, on the side of the road, seemingly a nobody. But David served the one. This year, 2022, there are so many hurting people out there. People hurting because financially they are struggling or emotionally they are struggling or or their mental health is shot, they're lonely, whatever it is, let's serve the one. Let's serve the one, Hope Church, individually and corporately. Let's serve the one. And then remember that the victory, the blessing, everything that we receive is because of the grace of God. And no one misses out. Like I said, if you're feeling on top form at the start of this year or you're really down in the dumps, exhausted and struggling, God's grace is for all of us. No one missed out. Of David's 600 men, nobody missed out. It's the same for this church, for Hope Church. If you're a Christian, you won't miss out. You're not going to miss out. It's not what God does. He doesn't kind of chop up blessings. He says, no. My grace is sufficient for your weakness, for your need. I bless you with my grace wherever you may be, whatever may be going on. I bless you with my grace, God's glorious and wonderful grace. Nina and um, Emily are going to come up. We're going to sing a final song. And... um, I believe this song will really minister to us. It's a new song to some of you. Um, They're going to play it through. They're going to sing it through. And then we're going to join in. So let me just pray. And then I really want us to let this song minister to us. And again, you know, we've had so many busy times over the last few weeks. This is a moment, the next five, ten minutes. This is a moment to enjoy God's presence. This is a moment to rest in his presence. This is a moment to think through the wisdom 
that we've just heard in 1 Samuel 30. This is a moment to think through the grace of God that we've just thought through and spoken of and read about in God's Word. So let me pray, and then we're going to worship together, and we're going to just take a moment to let God minister to our hearts and our souls. Father God, we thank you for your Word. We thank you for his truth that speaks to us. We thank you, Lord God, that it just pierces our hearts. I pray today from whatever I've spoken from your word, I pray that one or two things would hit home, would be challenges to us, that would speak wisdom into our lives. And I pray all of us would know your grace. All of us would know the grace of God that saved a wretch like me, the grace of God that is glorious and wonderful. It stretches to the exhausted one, the one on the edge of tapping out. It stretches to the one who hasn't read their Bible for three weeks. It stretches to the one who hasn't been to church for two years. It stretches to each and every one of us. God's glorious grace, God's riches at Christ's expense poured out upon us. Let's just let the song and the next few moments minister to us. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Be in this place. Minister to our hearts. Speak truth and challenge us gently. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>